Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Coleus. I'm some guy who sits here talking to people in the boardroom every once in a while. Uh, to my right, we have Heather Eastman. She's an editor, personal trainer, physique coach, uh, and judge, and also a talking person. Uh, yes. And then over there across the table, we have with us none other than Jackson Blighton, better known as Bajira. That's right. And now, though this is on my channel being broadcasted live on Twitch, I still can probably introduce myself a little bit. <laughs> so I... Uh, I create content on Twitch and YouTube, you know, surrounding the, the games mm -hmm. and gains. The most jacked of mm -hmm. jacked gamers. See, probably not. There's some real deal, you know, strong people who like the, the games really? and gains. But I mean, if, if we're looking at, I, I was I was perusing some hashtags earlier today. Oh. Uh, games and gains has got a lot of lot of traction out That's there. That's cool. I'm glad yeah. to see that. Um, jacked gamer, not so much. There's only okay, about 30, well, 35 or so of those. Okay, we'll, we'll work on that one. But. <laughs> Yeah, we do a little bit of games and gains on YouTube and Twitch, and you know, get to get to say add this to my total natural pro bodybuilder. I was gonna now. say, how does how does that feel? Feels to very be similar to, to being that. not a pro bodybuilder in terms <laughs> of just you know, I just keep doing my thing at this point. But it is cool to add that to the to the list of titles. Absolutely, if we're talking about like World of Warcraft style things, and mm -hmm. also Emma. You know, sponsored bodybuilding.com athlete. That is another thing. Why we're here. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have you in the bodybuilding.com yeah. headquarters yes, doing welcome. a couple of workouts Thanks. and a few live things with us here. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, though, what disturbs so called normal people more when you tell them that you're a professional gamer or when you tell them that you're a professional bodybuilder? Well, it depends, on who <laughs> it depends on who you're talking to. The thing Grandma. That is, the thing that is number one most disturbing to my audience is when I shave my beard to compete uh -huh. in bodybuilding. I, I do not they recognize They lose their way. minds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there may be people in the chat right now wondering where's my beard. And if you do have questions in the chat today, make sure you type them in the chat. Maybe leave the where's the beard comment out of this particular one. But Yes, this is our first ever <laughs> live, uh, live on Twitch on his channel anyway podcast so yeah send, yeah send them and uh, heather will filter them yes um only good questions por favor yeah but my mom my mom probably doesn't like it when i diet too much but you know the bodybuilding thing i think people, most people probably are like oh you like to work out that's cool N but the, is a beard losing the beard necessary for for body it's not necessary i just it's prefer not, it's not natty. There, there, there's bulk jira which is fat cheeks right. big beard mm -hmm. and jira. there's lean jira which oh. is a little bit you know tightened up so <laughs> lean jira is competition mode bulk jira is wintertime bulk so okay a little combination of both but. so does the beard help with the bulk you know it might i, I think okay. i think that much like equipping items in a world of warcraft when you equip the beard you gain strength points okay Right now, the strength isn't the main focus. It's more the aesthetic, and I think taking the beard off helps a little bit. But you know, that's that's not really opinion. up to you. I mean, yeah. aesthetics is in the eye of the beholder. Just what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. So so let's let's go all the way back to the start to, to start here. Uh, you as a kid, right? Who were you mentally, physically? How did you plant the seeds of what you would later become as Bajira here? So I've always been into playing video games, and mm -hmm. I've always been into, into running around, and you know, I, I would call it fitness. I didn't really think of it as training for the purpose of you know it's being play. better necessarily. Yeah, just mm -hmm. running around, going adventuring, and stuff like that. So that like my, mm -hmm. my favorite day would be going and you know adventuring in the in the woods and you know smacking stuff with sticks and running around being a nut and then getting all tired and coming back and playing video games that was just the combination mm. one that, followed by yeah, the other that I enjoyed mm -hmm. and so as I've got older you know I, I played sports but video games were always one of those things that I did to relax and enjoyed and so when I was in college and I was noticing that gaming content was something that was becoming popular mm -hmm. on YouTube I was like well you know I'm watching a lot of gaming content may as well give it a try myself and so I started a YouTube channel that was based around gaming while fitness was still a passion of mm -hmm. mine. And then I eventually incorporated fitness in the YouTube content. And now I can do fitness live on Twitch as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just been a very natural thing of me doing what I like to do and sharing it with people who like to watch and sure. mm -hmm. yeah. so it's sustainable. That's college, college though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, two, the two were unified a lot longer than that. Is yeah. There, right. is, is there... I mean, well, I'd say, I, I guess I remember the reading... content creation began in mm -hmm. college, but yeah, they've always been, you know, hand in hand. I remember reading about you, uh, like, doing push-up contests with your dad and things yeah, like yeah. that. Like, okay. So it's, it's not just not just like playing around. There's, there's an element of training built into you from fairly early. Yeah, I, I think that from... Because we can all play. Yeah, when I was when I was really young. So I, I would say that the, the transition from just running around and playing to actually training to get better mm -hmm. was probably started at least when I was like 11. Mm -hmm. That's when I really sort of early. made the change. I was mm -hmm. like, Dad, I was watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. A cartoon uh -huh. that I love, yeah. sure. still do. And I realized that at some point in my life, I was probably going to have to be strong enough to save the world. Mm -hmm. Probably. So, mm -hmm. Just naturally. So 
Uh, I said, Dad, I need to go to the gym. I need to get strong enough to save the world. And he's like, okay, you little psycho. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start doing push-ups? <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed in the gym for another five yeah, years, kid. Right. You had to be like 14 to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, start doing some push-ups. So I would do push-ups every day. And I'd be that, you know, run around, hang out with my friends, playing video games. Like, mm-hmm. oh, push-ups. Do 20 push-ups. And I got, to, I don't know, like 200 plus push-ups mm-hmm. a day. Just like as calling young, it out, like push-up yeah. time. Yep. As a, that's as very a, familiar. Our, our, uh, our YouTube you, guy, Derek Sanders, uh, is been known to do that for years and years in bodybuilding yes. awesome. that's fun at the time it's, it's, it's a it's a good strong start so mm-hmm. i did that and when i was 12 and i was doing push-ups every day my dad was like okay all right you're disciplined enough to probably come to the gym and so that's where that's why i started going to the gym when i was like 12 but i would just you know sit down on the little bench press machine do my mm-hmm. bench press do some pull down machine and do some abs and mm. i just you know grew up in the gym in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. i loved it and so that that's kind of where training to actually get better began mm-hmm. rather than just training to uh just run around. It wasn't mm. training when you're just running around as a kid, but sure. So kind of going back to our previous question of which one do people freak out to more? Yeah. Um, this is from TIE Fighter 559, which is a great handle, by the way. Uh, how did the very first I game on Twitch for a living conversation go with your family? Right. So that's a, that, that's, that's a fun story. So um, when I was in college, I, I mentioned I started my YouTube channel. And um, it, was a, it was at a time where my family was going through a lot of transitions. My, my dad got a new job in L.A., so they were going to move to L.A. And this is a time where I was taking a break from school because I just, I just needed a break to sort of get myself sorted out. N- nothing too crazy, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it wasn't that at the time. I was, I was putting a lot of effort into school, and it felt like it wasn't going where I wanted to go. It was draining me more than being fulfilling, so I took a break to find out the things that were fulfilling to me and kind of get back in touch with me, who I wanted to be. And during that time, I was using YouTube as an outlet to create content and sort of do something creative. And it was also at a time where YouTube was growing. Right. And so I also started creating content live on a website called Justin TV, which later became Twitch. And so all of this wave was building at a time where things were happening in my real life such that my parents, when they were making the move, they're like, okay, we're packing up, we're going. And um, the decision was made by me that I was going to stay in Nashville, Tennessee, where I had grown up because that was where I had grown up. That's where I know stuff was. I knew that I was ready to sort of be an adult on my own at that point. I didn't want to be living with my parents in LA and I didn't want to be living by myself in LA because it's four times as expensive. I don't know where anything is. So I decided to stay in Nashville and they were fine with that. But the one rule was, okay, you can't quit your job when we leave. And I said, okay. <laughs> so as soon as they left, I quit my job. Mm-hmm. But that, was a, that wasn't like a, a snap decision, wasn't anything crazy. That, that had been a recognition by me that my work that I was doing on YouTube and Twitch was fulfilling. It was something that I felt like I was going to be part of something that was growing. Mm. You saw in, potential in ter- there, Yeah, in terms, of, in terms right. of the market for it all. Mm-hmm. And I saw that what I was doing was growing a lot too. So I, I believed in myself. And that was a tough conversation to have. It's like, I mean, this is, you guys know that I've been working on this for a while. You guys know that when I'm sitting here fiddling with my computer, like I'm working on something. This is, I'm building towards something. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard for people to just wrap their mind yeah. around the idea of yeah. how that translates to, yeah. you know, the heat being on. Yeah, so they they may not have fully understood how that worked at the time, but, you know, I got to give my parents huge credit for the mm-hmm. fact that when I was growing up, no matter what it was that I was into, as long as it wasn't stupid, like, you know, like destructive, they were like, mm-hmm. they had my back. They're like, okay, you want to play basketball? We'll get you some basketball shoes, take you to practice. You want to be a cross country runner? Well, you're probably going to keep running in those basketball shoes, but we'll take <laughs> you to practice. And so, you know, they were supportive of me in doing what I wanted to do. And I think that this was, you know, poetically one of their last challenges as a parent is to support me and believe in me and doing something that they weren't sure about. Right. You know, getting good grades in school, great. We support you in doing that. Going and playing sports, you know, mm-hmm. doing things that are that are kind of established, great. We'll support you in doing that. But this thing, mm-hmm. you're gonna stop going to school, you're gonna spend a lot of time on your computer and quit your job. Uh, and we're not there to help you. This mm-hmm. is a little scary, but um, you know, many years down the line where we are now, they're just tremendously proud. Mm. And I'm very grateful to them for being supportive in the way they were. But, but that being said, it, it did take some belief in myself. It did take some, you're not sure about it, but I am, you know, as a growing, you know, a person transitioning from being a young person to a young adult, you have to make some of those decisions for yourself. And sure. I'm proud of that I did that. I'm grateful too, but I'm also grateful to my parents for their support of me, um, not only, you know, supporting me and doing things that I'm passionate about, but also helping instill that confidence in myself and that belief in myself that, if I see an opportunity that I'm passionate about and I see that it's leading me to somewhere where I want to go, I can do that, mm-hmm. even if they're not so sure about it. So. So, so initially, did you or they want there to be a window, like a trial, like, all right, 
give it six months, give it a year, or were you thinking, you know what, this really is something that it might take three years to really see the potential For of. them, I'm yeah. not sure what their internal discussions were like. <laughs> well, let's talk about you then. Yeah, they were probably a little more panicked. I felt like this is this is hitting every single thing for me. This is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is something I can do every day. This is something I, I see a path of progression towards. But I didn't really have like a, where do I want to be in three years at this point? It was, I'm going to put in the work every day to make this something that is what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what, what I had you know planned mm-hmm. for many years, but I believed in myself that if I put in the work, that I was on a path that could lead me to being able to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. And you know, years down the line, that's where we are. So very grateful for that. So, so to bring it back to to, to athletics and, and things for a second, you mentioned you were cross country runner. Yeah, that was like that was like my main sport in, in okay. uh, high school. So, and college. so you weren't just hanging out in the gym and hanging out. No, uh, online. No, I was. I was. I've always been involved in sports. Like mm-hmm. I played basketball. I think I would say basketball is like was like my main sport leading into high school. But I played everything. I mean, I was a distant. I ran cross country in the fall. Played basketball in the winter. Played soccer in the mm-hmm. in the spring. I was just. I just liked playing sports. And, sure. um, but like I said, when I was 12, I was also started going to the gym. I was doing martial arts at the time too. So I was pretty active. Once again, big shout outs to my parents for making that a possibility. But as I got a little bit older, they're like, okay, we're going to pick two. And so mm-hmm. I decided to pursue the, the training at the gym and the sports thing. And so into high school, um, I usually just ran cross country as like a way to condition for basketball um, just to get in shape. But mm-hmm. when I went to I got like third place in the championship, I think, when in my eighth grade year. And I was like, wow, everybody else sucks. Like, why did I get third place? It must mm-hmm. be everybody else is bad. And then my freshman year, I did the first like practice meet and I was the fastest guy in my team and got like top 10 in like, you know, a race against a really good school. And my coaches were like, oh. Mm-hmm. So I, I played basketball that year, my freshman year. And then after that, I fully committed to distance running. So I would compete in the fall and spring and then I would train through the winter and summer. And then I continued that into college. In college, I you know, want to do my own thing differently. And so that's where I think the beginning of realizing, you know, distance running is fun, but I mean, I can't keep myself out of the gym. And that was actually kind of like a problem. I'm like, maybe not like a big deal, but I weighed like 50 pounds more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I weighed like 185, mm-hmm. but still that's big for a distance that's runner. Pretty big. Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. of extra weight to carry. I, I, I actually weighed more then than I do now. <laughs> Died it down for competition, mm-hmm. but anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think that the distance running was kind of, one of those things that helped me establish the discipline. It helped me um, know what it was like to train every day and to you know tailor my diet as best I could, make sure I was getting my rest and having sort of my my fitness and my performance be a really high priority for me. That kept me away from a whole bunch of other silly stuff. Sure. So when I stopped doing distance running competitively, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep working out because I love that. And then sort of there was a transitional period where I you know went from being a distance runner to being focused on bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And that has been sort of my expression of my training and dieting for the past like five or six years. And let me ask you about that because we've had some questions from that. Yeah. Um, multiple questions on this topic. So I'll try to kind of yeah. condense them into one cool. question. Thanks for but me. that transition from, because I had a similar where I went from distance running to bodybuilding cool. and it wasn't instantaneous. Right. So how did that occur? And at what point did you kind of have that aha, like, yes, yeah. bodybuilding, stepping on stage, this is where it's at? Yeah. So I think it was a natural progression for me since I've, I've, you know, I had been in the gym since I was 12. I always knew that I I loved the gym. I would go to a full cross country practice and then still make my dad take me to the gym after for another full workout, which is, I don't know, I must've been powered by like a nuclear reactor or something Mm -hmm. when I was 16, because I don't know where that energy comes from. But, um, so it was like, I've always been a good eater. That's another easy thing. (laughs) I've always been pretty good at eating. (laughs) And I think that's one of the main things that changes. I mean, obviously training for cross country or track is a different training style than training for bodybuilding what you do to get better at it looks different but in terms of like you know the main thing that changed i think it was just like it it sort of clicked is that i had taken a break from you know competing at anything um i mean i was like playing what like my video game stuff which which we'll get into but that was like the as much competition as i had and i was like i don't know i kind of miss like I didn't want to like join like a rec league for basketball right. or anything like that because what I loved to do was work out. And so it's like, well, how do I compete in working out? You can be do powerlifting, you can do, you know, like CrossFit, you can be a strongman. But I think that what I enjoyed was like sort of the aesthetic and the expression of you do a certain amount of work and the prize that you get out of it. What what you do isn't a, it's not a not a cross country time. It's not a it's not a mm-hmm. powerlifting total. It's literally yourself. You are something an, tangible. Yeah, you are an avatar of your hard work and you are an expression of how you decide to, like, you are literally the product of your effort. And I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so what changed at that point was, okay, so I know I like working out. We're going to kind of, we're going to tailor my training a little bit more towards 
you know, growing muscle. And I'm definitely, what changed the most, and one of the reasons I talk about it so much in my stream is nutrition. That's what changed the most. And I, if there's one thing that I wish I knew when I was younger, it's not like, I wouldn't have done anything differently with my training. I think everything was fine. But if I knew a little bit more about how to track my intake and how to change that according to my goals, that's what I wish I knew more about. So that's why I talk about it so much. I'm not an expert, not a dietitian, but just the very basics can take you really far. Yeah, well, figuring I, out food is key. Sure. And I remember seeing a video of yours where you bulked for like a, a year. Yeah, so I, I, right? before this competition like phase, I had done a, a bulk into like some diets mm -hmm. and then I had just done my first competition. I just decided to diet from where I was, dieted down, competed, did well, had a lot of fun. And then that's when it got serious. That's mm -hmm. when I got the bug. I was like, okay, this is really fun. Like mm -hmm. I like, I like the lifting. The diet is like a special challenge that ends up being fulfilling. Um, and the con like stepping on stage to compete was like super cool. Like I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I did spend the next two years mm. bulking, lifting really, really heavy, trying to make as much muscle gain as I could. I got up to like 225. A lot of that was body fat, but I also got really strong mm. compared to like you know what, what I had you know been before. And then I did a little mini bulk because I was like, okay, I'm getting a little getting a little too husky here. A little, mm -hmm. little bit bulk Jira is getting a little bit of fat boy status. He's taking over. Yeah, so we need to do a little mini bulk or a little mini cut down to like 200. And then I did a little mini mini bulk back with the 210. And that's where I started my competition diet from there leading into here. So, hmm. I mean, we've we definitely are, are getting into that sort of bulk and, and dieting mm -hmm. process. But I, I feel like it's it's just all part of the deal. No matter sure. what you do, there's going to be times where you invest into different aspects of your life. And I think that there's it's good to have an ebb and flow to that, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to really enjoy digging into getting stronger, to making muscle gain progress. And then when you're getting ready to compete, you say, okay, it was fun being big and strong. I'm going to have to take a little bit of a strength loss. I'm going to have to like be okay with losing some of my, my mass. I'm not going to be a, like a big guy anymore, but I'm going to achieve the ultimate aesthetic that I've been working for for the past three years. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it takes a lot of discipline and patience, but that's, I guess that's kind of been the message for what I like phases, to do. Phases are a healthier way to train though, for yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. so. And it's interesting that you say that the diet is fulfilling that's, it is that's not that's not a, a word that you usually hear associated with a bodybuilding yeah. prep diet <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm a weird guy uh -huh. i am I, I like just in terms of looking at what i've been drawn to over the years i'm drawn to distance running like mm -hmm. like i mean it's it's fun but it's like you're running 80 miles a week why mm -hmm. like you're you're pushing it's a grind you're, you're pushing mm -hmm. your body to a point where it's like it's screaming at you if you don't stop running you're going to die. And you say, I know I'm not going to die. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to get me to stop running. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and finish this race and do my best ever. But I think there's like, there's, a, there's an amount of sort of being on that edge of like testing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's fun about the diet is it's, it's different than, you know, getting under a squat at a powerlifting meet and saying, I'm either going to do this thing or it's going to crush me in this instant. It's more like, can you sustain this discipline for a long time? It's like a slow, steady burn. And I think I like that mm. that style of mm -hmm. putting in work every single day, always having that that um, resistance be present. But you can always look at it and say, "No, I'm in control. I got this." And it's the same thing with like you know gaming or creating content. Is there's always this grind that I enjoy. I mean, every day it's like, "Well, I'm tired today. Maybe I won't stream." But it's like you say, "No, I'm gonna mm -hmm. make a decision. I'm going to activate myself and put myself in position and moving towards my goal, even if it's." Difficult. Incrementally, one, yeah. yeah, one day at a time for months, yep. months, years. I like so that discipline. Who, uh, who, or what was guiding you in this process? Like, was there anything out there that you were like, "Oh, this is this is what's really driving me, this plan, this person, this vision of it," or was it just yeah. like, "Here I am, it's me trying to create my avatar"? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different things with this. I think that what I like to say early on was my inspiration. People are like, what, who was your inspiration when you were young? What got you started lifting? Was number one, my dad, because mm -hmm. he would go to the gym regularly and he was just, you know, the coolest guy. And then Goku from Dragon Ball Z, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those are my two Goku big, plan. Those are my two big inspirations. Um, <laughs> but nowadays when people ask me like, who's your, who's your favorite bodybuilder? Who do you look up to? Like, I like to take the, the, the Matthew McConaughey quote and say, who, what I'm doing is I'm trying to be who I want to be in 10 years. I'm mm -hmm. trying to work towards that. I'm trying to work towards the best version of myself that I can be mm -hmm. in the future. And I know the harder I work now, um, the closer I'll be or the you know, faster I'll get there. But patience is a big deal. Sure. So it's not really the faster I'll get there. It's just more like I know where I want to be and I know that there's a certain amount of work that's required to get there. So I do a little bit of that work every single day to try mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. um, well, are, you, are you like a... 
kind of a deeply researching person, or are you much more just like I'm paying attention to what I'm doing? I'm trying to learn the lessons, yeah. trial, trial and error m myself. I think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I'm okay. definitely like when when people ask me how to get better at something, mm -hmm. like how do I improve my you know fitness or how do I improve my gameplay? Like there's definitely tips that you can provide, but I think one of the big things is become a student of the game. Mm -hmm. um, be you know actually if you are willing to and you immerse yourself in the work then it just comes naturally. Mm. So if, I, if there's something that I'm curious about, I'll do the research. Right. But there is a huge um, application is very important too. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of what I've learned from dieting has, been, has come from bodybuilding.com. Like Lane Norton mm -hmm. did the, the very basics, which has guided me in a lot of different ways. But it's also, um, you know, application. My diet this time around for my prep is completely different than what I did in 2015. 2015, I did a low carb, mm -hmm. more cardio. Um, and I felt like that ended up making me not feel as good. This time I haven't dropped below 300 grams of carbs a day. I'm eating like cereal every day because I like cereal. Mm. Just eating the foods that I like, but I'm keeping my macros where I need to be. And it's allowing me to train twice a day. So I'm doing less cardio, more training, you know, different kind of diet structure. And it's working the best it ever has, but it also is because it, it's fitting in with what I want to do. So you have basic pillars of truth, you know, mm -hmm. macronutrients and training, right. progressive overload, and then you just apply those in a way that makes sense to you, and that mm -hmm. is and fun. make a million mistakes along the way and learn from them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's and that's part of the fun. So there there have been some guiding principles, there have been ways that I've done research and I've learned, but I think that there's a lot of trusting myself. Mm -hmm. And if there is a moment that's like a shimmering moment, you have to listen to that. And if you don't mind me kind of telling a story, is like that's kind of one of the things that helped me start the YouTube channel as I was watching YouTube videos on, on, you know, whatever games I was interested in. I was like, man, I'm spending a lot of time doing this. And I mentioned this in the beginning. Um, but I remember I had to, they were having like a parade and I had to move my car. And I was, I remember calling my mom and telling her that I had this shimmering moment. And I was like, mom, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. She's shimmering like, moment. what's that? <laughs> what's, what's YouTube? And, and it was just like, I knew that I had, I knew that it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And that was just the start. And then if you continue to follow the path that makes sense to you, my dad calls it the narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your narrative? What's the story that you want to tell and have told about you? And if you continue to follow the path that makes sense to you, I feel like you're going to lead yourself in a, in a direction that's fulfilling and true to yourself and hopefully successful. Mm. So games and gains. Is so, games uh, and gains. That's it's right. The path. Yep. You have some fantastic fans out here. They're all giving you shout outs yeah, and saying peeps, your, positive is, your positivity is infectious. And um, Golden from Sweden actually wanted to see how you keep yourself motivated because like all of us, I'm sure you have mm -hmm. low days and yeah. kind of talking about that idea we just touched on the whole narrative, you know, because yeah. that works in your real life and also in yep. your gaming life. Like yeah. what, how do you kind of come back from those low moments or right. learn from those challenges and those mistakes? Yeah, motivation is a, is a fun thing because we, we talk about this on stream a fair amount, which is fine to talk about it now too, because it's, it's a really important topic is that I find that motivation is a convenience. <laughs> it's nice to feel like it, mm -hmm. but you're not always going to feel like it. And I think that one of the things that that's important to focus on is the concept of like discipline mm -hmm. and commitment and dedication over motivation. Because, like mm -hmm. I said, the days that you feel like going to the gym and tearing it up, fantastic. But the ones that are that, that really matter, it's important that you still do the work. You still take the action, even if you're not necessarily feeling like it. And what's fun is that a lot of times, especially with the gym, I'm sure this is an anecdote that a lot of people have found, is that on days where you're not feeling good, you still get yourself to the gym, you have a great workout and you feel way better afterwards. But that also applies to stuff that you just got to take care of in your life. There's, there's things that aren't like super fun. Like I don't love doing laundry, but you got to do your laundry. But, if, and if you're able to, um, like one of the words I like to use is activate and in a moment where you're kind of like hesitating or considering you just activate you just get it done. This is something that I've, I've had to, to learn how to do as I've gotten older is just get the job done. So motivation is nice, but it's, it's a convenience and dedication and discipline and making a decision saying, I'm going to get the work done, whether I feel like it or not, is something that sort of needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say that um, another concept that is important with motivation is momentum. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's in a similar vein where taking action helps get you moving. And sometimes when you're in an inert state, when you're just like sitting, it's, it takes a stronger push to really get moving. But once you do that, once you start stringing together um, effective action, and you get the ball rolling, you find it's easier to stay in motion. So that inertia and that momentum rolls in your favor. So if you say, I'm gonna get in the gym every day, no matter what, it's easier to get in the gym every day, no matter right. what. If you if you start your day off early and you start knocking out stuff that's on your list of things to do, you're gonna find that your day is much more fulfilling, I would find, I mm -hmm. think. Sure, mm -hmm. is this one reason why you 
like to go to the gym first and then game after. Yeah, for me, I, that, that's always been one of those things. I like to start my day with exercise. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that puts me in a positive mindset. I, I know that if nothing else goes well for me that day, I, I at least got my workout in. Mm -hmm. But it also generally does help the day go better if you start off by sure. doing something that's productive and positive and just, it's probably the, you know my favorite way to get started for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you view that as like a question of balancing one or you do one to earn the other or? Sometimes, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes it's, if you, if you're not, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, getting your stuff done that you need to do, it's it's hard for me to relax. Right. And, yeah. and that's even something that I've that I've, you know, we talk about the grind. We talk about putting in effort. That is actually one of those things that I've tried to get better at is being able to allow myself to relax a little bit because that is important. It is important for me to spend time with my wife. It's been mm -hmm. important for me to to make sure that I'm allowing myself to rest because you know once you get really r rolling on these these objectives that you want to do, it's sometimes it's hard to say. I know it's going to be tougher to get this going the next day, but right. it, it is important to to relax and to enjoy the product of your hard work. That's sure. for sure. And when it sounds like when you were younger, perhaps you were one of those people who kind of needed to deplete yourself mm -hmm. before you could do something else. Yeah, right. Sure. Is it, it has, do you find that your relationship with training has grown in that regard where it's like, you can, you can just go and punch the clock now, or do you still like to go in there? I'm like, I'm, I got to leave it all here leave completely drained before I can do other stuff. Yeah. It actually really makes me upset when I, when I do a workout and I don't feel like, you know, I've, I've given it my best that, and that is where the mm. sort of the dieting part mm. becomes the, like, you know, a, a mental battle because mm. it's fun to go to the gym when you feel good and you, you, you can hammer right. the weights, but it's not as much fun when you're really low on energy and the workout itself becomes less fulfilling because you're sure. not able to really apply yourself and you don't really feel mm. the same at the end of it all. But mm. that's where it comes down to, to understanding, like, you know, you might, the experience that's right in front of you may not be pleasant, mm -hmm. but in the back of your mind, you need to have a smile on your face saying, this is just part of the deal. This is right. the, the, the better I respond to this situation, the better it's going to be later for me. Mm -hmm. I remember we had a, we had a, a profile we did of you in 2015 that had like the Bajira workout, right? And yeah. it had, uh, you know, piles of squats in it, like mm -hmm. yeah. eight sets of squats ascending and yeah. like eight yep. to 10. And that's, it's not the sort of workout that I associate with a pro bodybuilder. That's a distance um, workout. Well, yeah. it's just well, a it's just, I mean, somebody workout. trying to gain 30 pounds in a year, absolutely. But yeah. when I think of a pro bodybuilder, I think of a guy sitting there on the leg extension machine because he's so depleted he can't yeah. stand up, basically. Yeah, that was is not that, a dieting are workout those, right there. Are, are those, is that part of the reality of being a pro bodybuilder as well, where it's like, God damn it, sometimes it's, I it's, just go in there and stagger around. It's so funny to hear this pro bodybuilder thing. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't really, like, what like I do, yeah, what I do really is, hasn't changed at all. It's just that when I go to compete, I compete as a, you know, in the pro category. Right. But um, yeah, my my sister and her fiance are, are big time powerlifters. Like, they're mm -hmm. really strong. And they look at my program and they're like, why are you doing so much volume? And it's just, I think, it, like you said, yeah. it's a distance runner workout. Yeah. yeah like, if I... When you when you do distance running practices, you're you're Going, toast at the end. Yeah. And even on an easy day, I mean, you're still running for 45 minutes straight. And, and yeah, then, an easy day is like yeah. eight to 10 miles. Right. And then training days are actually like you're you're dead at the end yeah. of it. And so if I don't if I don't have that intensity in my mm -hmm. training, I'm like I could be giving this more than I am. And maybe it's like, you know, it might not even be the most efficient way of training. It mm -hmm. ju it might just not be. But I, I work out because I love it. That's mm -hmm. the progression that I'd like to talk about in terms of why I compete. Is I I love working out, so I do it a lot. And if I work out a lot, I may as well try to get better at it. And if I'm trying to get better at something, I may as well try to put my efforts to get better at it against other people doing the same thing. And so that's why I compete is it's not necessarily just, you know, there's there's this path that's been laid out by other competitors that I want to follow to have a similar experience. It's just, it's where my passion has led me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I continue to follow the path that I want to be on and step on stage as a reflection of what I have done, not necessarily just, I want to get on stage and compete, you know, hire a coach, give, have them give me a training plan, have them give me a diet and just achieve this particular thing that I have an idea of. It's once again, this just an, ex my self on stage is an expression of my passion for sure. what I do. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. As I'm hearing you talk, you, you almost talk about your, and you brought it up earlier where you talk about yourself on stage as the avatar yeah. of yourself. And yep. it's almost like you're living both you know, realities as an avatar where you have this narrative of who yeah. I want to be in 10 years. And it's, it's, you're playing a character yeah. in, in real life and in your gaming life. Yep. And so kind of switching gears a little bit, tell me a little bit more about kind of how all of that yeah. melds together in one lifestyle that you've created. Yeah. And just one more thought before you fully move on to the gaming is that what, what's fun about me being an avatar of my own efforts mm -hmm. is that I feel like it's not only me. Like I, I also represent my viewers who support me, right? Mm -hmm. 
the the presentation that I have on stage is a result of the support people have given me. It's the support of you know companies like Bodybuilding.com who support me in doing what I do with my sponsors. And so it's like there's a lot more to it than just me. And so I like to to do my best effort to represent the people who support me as best I can, which is really really cool. And this is a perfect moment to interject this. Kinetics, one of your um, fans asked me to see how you would respond to hearing that your lifestyle has actually changed their lifestyle. Yeah, that is amazing. Of- that that's that's so cool to hear. Because when I was, this is this is another one of those just random stories, but um. Uh, you know, I, I told you I, I would go to the gym with my dad like every night. And so, you know, you, you go to the gym as a young as a young kid and you get all your, ha- your happy workout. You're all tired and you just have you get to talk with your dad on the way home. And one of the thoughts that I had when I was young is that I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. But the 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 symbolism that I had is there was, you know, like the night sky, you have like one star, you have like one light. And if that light can connect with another light and light up some other light, then it can then connect and it can take a very dark, bleak sky and make it lit up. And I think that's a dream that I had when I was young that in a way is sort of being achieved now is that through through my light and what's cool is I can interact with many other lights all across the world because of the platform that we that we do this on, like YouTube and Twitch and the internet. It allows me to interact and connect with a lot of other people. And if they're able to make progress in their goals and they're able to sort of, you know, come to life as they want to be and then can maybe be inspirations for other people, it does a lot of good just by, you know, being yourself and pursuing things that you're passionate about. And that is really cool. Sure. But but at the same time, you say you love working out, right? I do. There are plenty of people who really <laughs> don't like working out. Fair either, enough. They, either they don't like the gym, yeah. the gym as a culture, yeah. but which is, which is a culture that you're very familiar with from a very right. young age. How, how do you feel like, is, is it your responsibility to be in an ambassador for that or yeah i mean, it, I mean it's what do you fine. recommend to, you must have people come to you all the time yeah. saying, you know what i want i want to change my life yeah. but i just hate working out and and fair enough but what's cool is that like i can help you like, i i can help you say you might not enjoy it but if mm-hmm. you track your macros and you keep your food where it's supposed to be you will lose body fat i mean you might not love it but if you do go to the gym and you do the training that you need to do you probably will improve your physique uh, but what's cool is that eventually i feel like as as you set goals and as you apply yourself and make progress, you will find it fulfilling and you will begin to enjoy it. But if we step away from the um, the particular types of content that I'm creating and you say, well, I want to be better at World of Warcraft and you've helped me do that by making warrior guides or I wanted to get in better shape and you've helped me do that by creating videos and streams about working out. The thing that's interesting is it's not necessarily limited to gaming mm-hmm. or fitness. It's more like this is something that I'm passionate about. And if me pursuing something that I'm passionate about, whether it's gaming or fitness or whatever, um, you know, and this ignites your passion saying, you know, I see you playing video games and I see you sharing this video game content or I see you training and I see you making progress. And this inspires me to be a better guitar player or, you know, work harder in school or spend more time with my family and just find ways of balancing your life and pursuing things that you're passionate about that are productive, that's kind of more what I'm interested in. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously, like I love fitness. I think it's a lot of fun. I think people will benefit from participating in fitness. I think gaming is a lot of fun. I think if you want to play some games, you'll probably enjoy it too. But I think what, what's the most important thing is igniting people's passion and helping them understand the structure of pursuing things that you're passionate about mm-hmm. in terms of becoming a student of the game, like I mentioned, in terms of setting yourself a schedule so that you can get things done in an order that allows you to do everything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, establishing momentum, like you yeah, said, establishing momentum so that you can idea. continue to knock things off your list in a way that allows you to not only do the things that you need to do, but also things that you want to do. Similarly, like when I was a student, like you got to get your work done at school. You might not love it, but if you are willing to learn how to do the things that are a bit of like a bit of a grind, a bit tough, if you learn, if you find a way to not only accomplish them but also find fulfillment in that, then you're setting yourself up to be in position that when something that you wanted to do arises, you have the skill set and you have the experience to know how to do something that needs to get done, whether it's what you want to do or not. So when I have an opportunity, I say. I've been working hard in school this entire time. So I know, I know how, to, and I've been working hard in sports this entire time. I know how to go after things. I know how to put the work in. I know how much it takes and I know how to organize my energy and efforts in order to get that done. So when I see, I have a chance to actually do something special on YouTube and I have a chance to actually do something special on Twitch. I have the skill set and the experience and the recognition to say, this is my chance. This mm-hmm. is where I apply these efforts. This is where I apply this this knowledge and experience that I've been working on building since I was a right. kid to go after this shining moment 
that allow, that that leads me into a future that's like a dream come true. Right. So, and you never know when that moment's going to be there. No, you need to so have your skill set. You got to pay attention. You got to right. be yep. a, that that shimmering moment. You're like, ah, oh, you got to mm. recognize that. Opportunities you take a step are not back. given; they're seized. Yeah. Mm. So even when there's things that you that you don't necessarily love to do, do the work, establish the the framework of understanding to do it, and you know, of course, when you're seeing me, you know do my fitness content or my gaming content, even if that's not your jam, even if you're not really into games, I feel, I feel like if you take a step back and recognize, ah, there's passion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ah, that's energy, ah, that's effort, you can apply that to whatever you're into. Sure. I was wondering how the rigors of hardcore fitness and prep work fit with that gaming lifestyle, though, also because, you know, um, everything's different when you're when you're preparing for a bodybuilding yeah, for competition. Sure. Sleep is different. Food is different. Activity is different. Tracking your activity is different. Yep. Somebody um, uh, in our compliance department, Alec, wanted me to ask you, like, how does he account for um, gaming and his calories uh-huh. burned and things like yeah. that? Like, all, how, how deep how deep <laughs> do you have to go into yeah. that? Well, yeah. part part of the fun is uh, if you if you track your macros and you tr- and you look at the scale, you'll see what 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 you're doing, what effect that's having. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely changes things mm-hmm. for me. Like, you know, if, if, if I'm eating as much as I want, I can play video games for a long time and I can still go to the gym and just be fine. But if, if I'm limited by my calories, that also limits your time because you're saying, well, I've been streaming for four hours and I'm really hungry. Mm-hmm. So it's time for me to go do, because th- I've actually been training twice a day as, but it actually helps me with my hunger. So if, if I, if I can work out, eat, take a nap, stream, play video games, and then go back to the gym. It actually helps me manage my hunger better. Mm. So once you hit that four-hour mark, you're, you're, you know, you might be feeling a little bit toast. It's time to get that next thing going. So it does limit my gaming a little bit. But similarly to how we talked about, like, the bulking and dieting being a phase, mm-hmm. um, in your life, I feel like there's definitely going to be times where this phase of my journey right now, I would say my family is number one priority. The fitness would be number two priority. And then the gaming is is the third priority right now. My, my schedule is set up around my training and my diet, less so around my gaming. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm not in competition prep and I have as much food as I want to work with and I'm you know spending my time on different goals, maybe gaming will be my number one priority. Like there's um, in World of Warcraft, I like to, like to do 3v3 arena. That's like the most competitive type right. of arena or a competitive type of a World of Warcraft, in my opinion. Uh, what you do is you queue in with two of your buddies against three other people and the last person living on each team wins. And so that's something that I like to do. And um, I had the opportunity to, to push for rank one, which means that you're in the top 0.1% of all players. And when I'm doing something like that, that's going to change my schedule because, for example, like in, in North America, most people play at night. And if I want to play against the highest rated players, get the best games and the most points, I'm going to have to stay up late. And so mm-hmm. there's there's different times in your life where you're going to have to have an ebb and flow and a reorganization of your time and your energy depending on what your goals are. And during the dieting process, you definitely have to sort of say the diet is like the pretty demanding. So we're going to put right. that up top in terms of the Mm -hmm. order of importance when not dieting, when I'm bulking, I'm still definitely into my training. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's just, I'm not limited by my, my caloric intake. Sure. You know, sure. Now speaking of questions that came from within this building, I have another question posed to me to pose to you, which is supplements for gamers. Right. Tell me, let's, let's go down that rabbit hole for a second. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I've seen over the years is there's a lot of different companies that try to sell caffeine to gamers in a lot of different ways saying energy and focus. And that's fine. I mean, like if you want to, you know, drink some coffee when you play video games, cause like you like the, you like having the energy and focus associated with that. That's fine. The, The thing about supplementation for gamers is that the tag for gamers is just like, that's just the target. That's just trying what they're, what they're trying to do in terms of like, my supplementation is primarily limited to my training. But then again, people take supplements for all different kinds of things. People take supplements for like just health reasons. And so I don't really know if I would really hop on board with the nootropics and the caffeine for gamers, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's just different, but um, not against it. But for me personally, I just save supplementation for mm-hmm. what I want to do within the realm of like, you know, training. But I get, I guess if you're a gamer and you're like, I'm not getting enough protein in my diet, so I'm going to take a couple of scoops of whey protein. That's fine, but that's not really supplementation for gamers. That's just supplementation for, for right. people, right. just supplementation for whatever for it is humans. that you need. So yeah. I, when, when somebody's trying to you know, market you specifically for something, I would just be somewhat mindful of why they're doing that and just make sure you're paying close attention and see, is this really that much different than another product that's not for gamers? It's right. just, so. It, but did, yeah, did you do? You, did you find um, if you have ever tried? You know, like, hey, I took a pre workout and then I played WoW for a while. Yeah, did it 
make you any better, or is that just something that people kind it's, of? That's the stereotype. It's is fun. That, is this hopped up gamer? <laughs> it's fun, but uh, I think that the, the situation I'm taking pre workout for gaming is usually like, okay, I'm gonna set my pre workout. I'm gonna go to the gym in like 30 minutes. Like we're we're good, and then it's mm-hmm. like two hours later, it's like. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. So I, I would encourage you to use caffeine on the activity that you want to use it on. So if you're trying to one activity, a right. Day. So if you're, cause it'll, it'll make, it'll make whatever activity you're doing really fun. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that if, if, you know, I was feeling tired and I decided to take like a half scoop of pre-workout mm-hmm. to play video games, I'm sure I would feel more energetic and focused, but generally for me, I try to limit my caffeine consumption for training purposes, but mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're going, if you're going to supplement with caffeine for gaming, just be smart about it. It, just like anything else, don't use too much caffeine. Sure, know? sure. And and as you've as you've been traveling more for fitness, going doing shows. How many how many shows have you done? I've done four this year. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they've all been in California, so we haven't had to like fly okay. for any of those. Is, which is, 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 nice. is, is it? Uh, do, are you able to really effectively take your gaming life with you when you, you do that, or do you have to say tell everybody, you know what, I'm going to be off for so, like four days? Yeah, big shout outs to my other sponsors, Origin PC and Corsair, for making mm-hmm. it possible for me to have a laptop with good peripherals to take. Nice. You know, wherever mm-hmm. I go, so I can stream and I can game. But a lot of times, I mean, just like you know you, you i'm talking about you use your energy and your time differently you know while i'm here my, like for example my focus here is handling business right. doing what we're supposed to do creating content hanging out and i'm still in competition prep so once again you just sort of go down the list right you know what's what's the most important thing mm-hmm. you know it's it's for for this situation it's handling business making sure i stay on my diet and my training and then gaming's if it happens great if not, we'll get back to it when I get home, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, but you know, it's, it's all good. You just have to find the right way to balance your time and energy and efforts. So. Hmm. And then kind of in that same vein of supplementation. So what bodybuilding and training skills also translate over into gaming skills? Yeah. I think that like, if you understand, you know, the, the, the broader picture, I feel like bodybuilding and just training and sport in general can prepare you for understanding how competition works in the video games as well. I think that's one of the things, I don't want to make any sort of like sweeping judgments here, but I feel like people who are generally more negative and like maybe toxic in video games may not have a lot of experience competing like in sports in real life. Because I feel like you might you might learn a little bit more about what it takes to be competitive and what it takes to be, a, a, you know, somebody who's sportsmanlike and whatnot. So I feel like if you if you understand the setup of competition from playing sports as a young person, you may understand the setup of competing more in video games as well. Hmm. So I think that there's definitely a carryover. There's also the obvious carryover that we've been talking about throughout the entire talk that we've been having, which is just the grind, you know, being willing to put in a lot of effort over a long period of time and understanding that's going to take effort. You know, it's going to take, you know, um, improvement. So people talk about improving their arena ratings. And I can tell them, you know, tips and guides and, and macros, which is, you know, stuff in, in the game to that can help them out. But I think the main thing is, like I said, become a student of the game. You know, when you play these games, play to get better. Don't just be like, oh, we won, yay, or we lost, bummer. Um, like actually say, well, we lost, why? You know, how can I improve? You know, what's, what's a way that I can learn from this experience that actually helps me get better? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important. So... But like like you mentioned, am, am I doing mostly research or am I doing mostly application? It would be both. So what's so cool about um, YouTube and Twitch is that there's so much content that's available now mm-hmm. versus when it was not available before. You know, people would have to like go either pay for guides or right. just like, you know, sign up for like a forum or something like that to learn. But now you have, you know, tons of top players or players from all skill levels who are sharing their content on YouTube and Twitch. And so there's, there's just so much information available for free mm-hmm. that people can make use of. And that's the same thing for training. I mean, sure. there's, you, there's so much free information it's about trying dieting. to find you. Yeah. And training. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you, do the, do the research. You find things that are sort of, you know, pillars of, of what you're trying to improve on. Then you apply it in your own gameplay mm-hmm. or you apply it in your own training or whatever. So hmm. yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, definitely, yeah. there's some serious carryover in terms of understanding the structure of success for sure. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching a video the other day by uh, you know who Juji Mufu is. Yeah, he, oh, okay. we actually had him at my gym uh, oh, okay. at my house. We did some deadlifts together. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's a very he, energetic, awesome guy. He seems like he seems like a great guy. I've been enjoying his videos a lot recently. He had a good one the other day that was a leg workout with uh, with John Meadows, right? Great bodybuilding yeah. coach, bodybuilder, Sam Mad Dog, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and one one thing that that John said in there that I thought John Meadows said that was really interesting was that 
Um, the thing that he took away from sports growing up because he was a big-time athlete was just learning how to lose. Yeah. And I imagine that's something that both of your arenas involve as well. Well, you know, if, if I lost, I imagine I'd learn from it, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, just, but that's a skill. If I lost. Lose all the time. <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's a major skill. Yeah. And then just to hear you say that, yeah, what would I learn from it? Yeah. It means you're able, able to take it objectively. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that's so, that's so cool is that, like, you know, for example, like StarCraft, competitive StarCraft, you look at, like, the absolute tip-top pros, and they're, like, a 50%-something win-loss ratio. Mm -hmm. But, like, if they have, like, a 53% win-loss, it's like, oh, that's insane. Right. I mean, like that's, baseball, like, that's bad yeah, average, yeah. right? That's 50-50. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're going to lose about half the time. Mm -hmm. So you just got to be prepared for that and understand that, like, number one, in order to get really good, you're going to have to play a lot. Mm -hmm. And that that margin of maybe winning just a few more games than, than you lose mm -hmm. is going to actually help you, you know, get higher rating or whatever. But you also have to learn to, to yeah, learn to lose, learn to learn from that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that ties in perfectly with the competitive bodybuilding mm -hmm. aspect because everyone goes out there wanting to win the trophy yeah. and only one person wins that trophy. Yep. Most people lose yep. when they do a bodybuilding competition. Yeah. I've, I've been I've been fortunate to do pretty well so far, but I think that uh, I had a competition this year at Muscle Beach where I got like second place in the overall and I had a lot to learn from that competition. And I think a lot of it was like, um, I know that I can't make a lot of like muscle gains in a short period of time in a deficit, mm -hmm. but I know that I can, I can train. For example, like I thought my back was like a weak point for me. And so I trained my back not just to build the muscle, but to like learn what it felt like to flex it in the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing my posing practice, I really focused on flexing my back in a way that one of the things that, that, that changed over, this is kind of metaphoric too, is that instead of posing in the way that I thought physique should be posed, like this is how the pros do it, I said, what is my physique like and how do I pose my physique to best represent it? And that's what I did. And so I ended up, you know, trying to do all of this to try to pose my back better. And then in this competition that I just won, the WrestleMania California Championship that qualified me to be pro, I think that what was one of the things that was so strong was my back posing. And once again, it was because I, I posed in a way that I did a lot of work to get better. Then I also posed in a way that presented me the way that I wanted to be. I said, this is what this is what's strong about me. I'm going to display that right. rather than sort of focusing on this is what I should be. This is how I should be. It says, this is how I am. This is, this is how I'm at my strongest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like a, a good metaphor for things in general. You know, follow the path that, that, that you want to be on, not the path that necessarily has been laid out for you that you think is the right way to do it. You know, you have some mm -hmm. general pillar, once again, general pillars of the way things that work and you work within them in a way that works for you. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and that truly is the mentality of a champion. You know, Arnold was famous for not having calves when he first started. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, he's, Still around Sun Valley, I think he's got mm -hmm. calves. Yeah, but I've, I haven't looked at them recently. <laughs> but once I once I transition out of physique, I better start hitting them calves. Yeah, unfortunately, no, but, we have, but, my, my dad's calves are pretty nutty, so I think I got a chance at it. So, well, speak, but that ability speak. to to just admit when you have a weakness and work on it and yep. and not ignore it or sweep it under the rug, I mean, you can't do that. It sounds silly, just like I mentioned, the diet can be fun. Like right. ha having weaknesses can be one of those things that's exciting because it gives you something to work on. Like once you're just like this is something, this is like a criticism that I give the you know World of Warcraft community is that people always want to have everything instantly, and anytime they have to like kind of really grind for something, they they get kind of upset. But the moment you stop having something to work towards is kind of the moment when it's not really fun anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you can find if you can recognize weaknesses in yourself, if you can recognize things that need improvement, you always have something to work on. And fortunately, as human beings, we usually always have something to work. On. So that, that applies to bodybuilding and it applies to everything. So if you, if you can identify the things that you're strong at, be proud of that, you know, use that to your advantage, but also recognize your weaknesses and work on that. You're always going to have kind of like a, a, a certain structure of fulfillment that's pretty enjoyable, I think, if mm -hmm. you have the right mindset. So, so oh, I was going to say, I've got quite a few questions racking up here because we've been talking sure. for a while. So I, I had a, a question from Cascader, LOL. If you could gym stream with anyone, who would it be? Um, I feel like the number one person on my list that just... There's so many great people that I, that I know and like and follow, but I think the first person that jumps to my mind is Kai Green. Okay. Because Kai is one of those people, when I first started that, that, that mindset of like, I think I actually want to do bodybuilding. Um, Kai Green is somebody that I watched a ton of his like videos that he had mm -hmm. on YouTube. They had documentaries about him oh, and stuff like that. Oh, there were a ton that. of those. Yeah. Me, yeah. And I, in college, I studied philosophy mm -hmm. and Kai strikes me as a bit of a philosopher bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like his mindset and a lot of the things that I've sort of learned about um, well, he, he, in, in a way, I think a lot of the things that Kai teaches are kind of like the things that my dad taught me and where you hear them over and over and mm -hmm. they don't really make sense to you until right. many years on the line. When you do it, and you're like, ah, okay. that's what he, he meant. He kind of speaks in, in little <laughs> riddles and yeah, yeah half, uh, half joke, half yeah. philo philosophical yeah, sayings. So my my dad is a, yeah. is a, is a, you know, has his doctorate in philosophy. Okay. He's a medical ethicist and, mm -hmm. you know, teaches classes and does ethics consultation. So he's a philosopher. And then Kai Green is a bit of a philosopher. And so I, I feel like that style sort of 
Kai Green's sort of teaching style sort of fit with what I had grown up with. Hmm. And so I, he, he would, you know, just probably wouldn't even fit in my home gym, honestly. So sure. <laughs> but that would be cool to train with Kai. He was, he was here a couple years ago. And um, there's really nothing like walking past the gym and you see Kai in there and it's like, he's got uh-huh. his hoodie on and his massive, he's a, yeah, massive he's, legs. He's got his monk. And he's walking he's, he's so slowly on the, uh, on the stair stepper. It's just, it's a, it's a otherworldly sight. Talk about yeah. something on World of Warcraft. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. So that would be pretty neat because I've, I've definitely studied a lot from him. But there's like, you know, tons of people that I've learned from a lot of different things. So, but yeah, he'd be number one on the list. And then we have a lot of questions on your foods. Sure. So what are the top foods you recommend for clean bulking? Uh-huh. Chicken and ranch is whatever. Right? <laughs> and do See, you think it's possible <laughs> to stay fit and get fit, but still eat the foods that you love? Yeah, this is this is one of those topics. It's not a problem, but I, I, I sometimes try to avoid just because I feel like it can, for somebody who is asking a question of what foods should I eat to bulk or diet, um, you're already on the wrong track. Because I feel like once you understand that it's important to track your calories and your macros, the foods that you eat very much can be the foods that you like to eat. So prepare to get mad at me. <laughs> but my diet that has gotten me you know, fairly lean has been eating a container of Fairlife chocolate milk. I'm sorry, sorry. Don't uh, eat the container. It's bad for you. Skim milk. No, no, it's the whole thing. Like a a pint or whatever of Fairlife skim milk. A bag of like kind chocolate granola. And like, you know, whatever other carb source I want, like Cheerios or like protein bars. It's, It's not like... Sexy chicken and rice diet, or like you know, super complex stuff. It's just sexy, it says this is what I feel like eating every day, and it ma- it takes the thought process out of it. It tastes good, it makes me feel good. So I'm gonna eat this every day because it hits my macros and it's what I need. If you want to eat chicken and rice every day, I've done it. You can. I was gonna say when you did a profile for us in yeah, 2015, that's what was, I was eating back then. It was chicken, butter, lettuce, and ranch dressing yep. and rice, and that was all it Th- was. That's what I was eating. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to eat pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. because it it t- it takes it makes prep easy. Because it's all it's already all there for you, and it takes the thought process out of like, what am I going to eat today? You know, if I have to mix something up, you know, am I going to? It's going to change my macros. Like, ah, oh, what am I going to do? Because it, it's nice when you're dieting to just not have to think about food right. and mm-hmm. say, I get to eat this, and that's just what I'm eating. Find enjoyment out of it, and move on to the next thing. So, you definitely can eat whatever you want. That's why we talk about it every day on the stream mm-hmm. is learn how to get your calories under control, further divide it up into macronutrients that help you accomplish your fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, right now, even dieting, my like I'm eating like 50% of my calories coming from carbohydrates and like 25, 25 from fat and protein. So mm-hmm. Sometimes even like 20% on protein because I just would rather have more carbohydrates and I get, I'm getting enough protein that I can have a little bit more energy right now. But mm-hmm. as my dieting process pr- continues, my protein and fat stay about the same and carbohydrates come down. Not to low carb. I, I, I have dieted on 300 grams plus of carbohydrates this entire time. Mm-hmm. So the fixation on what foods in particular to eat. Like there's not really like a bulking food and a dieting food. There's not like this, what's this food going to do for me? It's more like understanding the energy that you take in and the macronutrients that you take in. That's what matters. Caloric deficit is going to lose you body fat. Caloric surplus is going to help you gain some muscle, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of body fat along the way, but you can do keto. You can do vegan. You can do whatever you want. If you want to do high carb, low carb, any of this stuff, it's more about the balance of your energy in, energy out. That's going to make an effect. And Science suggests that if you hold protein and calories consistent, it doesn't really matter what you do. Protein and calories. Yeah. That's calories, the deal. There you go. So is, is there a way to integrate this into gaming somehow? The idea of you have little readers of, of macronutrients over sure. that you can balance. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that in, you know, in different games, what you give your character or the things that you do for your character will have an effect on your character's right. power mm-hmm. or progression. The same thing for you. I mean, if, if even if you just even if you don't want to work out at all, you just want to change your body. Get your diet right mm-hmm. and stick to that, and you will see your body change. You know, exercise is great, but even if you just go for a walk, but even if you can't, even if you should say, you know, I really have no interest in exercising at all. I just want to get leaner. Just tailor your intake of food, and your body won't change. So, right. yeah, you, definitely. You're preaching to the choir over here now with her. Stop exercising, I'm, just eat I'm right. I'm the anti workout yeah. person. I just, yeah. I would rather eat broccoli and vegetables all day. I'm, I'm just a nut, so I just like working out. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that, that is a question, though, because correct me if I'm wrong, Heather, but it seems like you, in your competition and things, kind of got burned out on exercise. I, I, I burnt out really early on exercise with competition, and um, I got injured early, which oh. also kind of killed it for me, neck yeah. and hip. So, oh. So that pretty much eliminates all the exercises. And what I found is, um, and even when I was competing, I preferred 
dieting. Yeah. Like I loved the chicken broccoli rice. Yeah. It's just, it's so simple. I buy six things at the grocery store. <laughs> it's super, super easy. Yeah. And I fell in love with that. The yep. lifting weights part, that's what most people love. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So I think it's just to, if, if I may be so bold as to answer the question yeah. posed by... <laughs> Please do, because they hear it from me all the time. <laughs> it's that you, ha you have to really find what works for you. And there's no one food, to your point. There's no one food that's going to make you lean. There's no one food that's going to make you build muscle. Right. You have to find, you know, I know people that can get lean eating cheeseburgers. Yeah. And I know people that can eat salads every single day and still gain fat. So yep. it's it's got to be what works for your lifestyle. And really again, tying this whole thing together, your passion, right. you know, if you're passionate about going to the gym, but you'd rather have a milkshake on the way home, do that. Sure, if you're passionate about in. eating vegetables, but you'd rather not go to the gym, yeah. do that. Yep. Make it work. So. Yeah. Like I said, they hear it from me all the time. So it's good to hear it from you too. I'm not just making this stuff up. And I, just, I just love having my opinion reinforced. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go team. Hey. That's what we need. So I, I have a question for you. Um, you, you, you mentioned the idea of transitioning out of, of physique. Mm -hmm. um, where, where is where is this going? Where's the fitness part of you going next in the narrative? Yeah, I, I think that the the thing that would transition me out of physique is just progression. Mm -hmm. it, it's not getting really too too yoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. I think I think we're a little while away from <laughs> getting too swole, but uh, I think that it's just um, I, I once again I, I train this way because I love it, mm -hmm. and I think eventually it would be cool to get the full physique picture and say, this, this is what it's like to compete in physique, but I, I don't think I would do like not physique and then only one other thing because I'm pretty sure that in these competitions I can I can do both. So mm -hmm. I, would, I would maybe compete in physique and also do classic bodybuilding as well, mm -hmm. just because I feel like as my physique progresses, it would be fun to, you know, learn different posing, learn different ways of, of, of you know, posing my physique and, you know, work on different aspects of, of my body that can mm -hmm. be improved. It's just, it's just, I feel like a natural path for me. Mm -hmm. Just as I get better, you lead yourself into this next thing, which is just like the same thing as me, like going pro right. mm -hmm. as it's, I haven't really, you know, changed anything about myself. It's just the work that I've done has led me to here. But it's just me following what I like to do. And I think that, you know, at, at some point, classic physique is like, oh, that could be fun. Mm -hmm. We'll give that a try. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's different posing. It's different uniform, too. But you get to show off your legs, which sure. I do train hard. So mm -hmm. okay. be, that could be fun. So the, the, the other strength sports and martial arts and things like yeah. that aren't, aren't calling to you ever? Not, not yet. Mm -hmm. I, I, haven't, I haven't ruled it out. Like I, I mentioned that my, my sister and uh, her fiance are big time powerlifters. Right. And so I'm sure they're probably looking forward to my bulk where they can write me some powerlifting mm -hmm. programs. The, the one day <laughs> yeah. where you're like, I'm ready. Uh -huh. I'm ready to get under the bar. Yeah, I, I think that. Like I wouldn't say that I'm like burnt out by competition, like you're mentioning, but I think that like the the performance sports, like where you mm -hmm. do all your training, like distance running, you do all your training for years, and then on this day you have to be your best ever. Like that's tough for bodybuilding. Yeah. It's like you do all this training, you do the, all this work, and on this day you are your best ever. Yeah, and you get to celebrate it. You get to express mm -hmm. yourself through your posing, through your physique, and and it's like a hey. I did all this work and here we are, we're in this moment and we get to have this, this cool experience to celebrate that. And I, and I like that right now. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't rule out, you know, powerlifting at some point, but I definitely think that bodybuilding has a firm hold of me right now in terms of how I enjoy it. And, and I've done the other stuff before and it's fun. Maybe it'll, you know, maybe I'll get that bug eventually too. Cause I, I think that my options are definitely open mm -hmm. as long as I continue having fun doing what I'm doing. You know, we can do whatever. Sure. Yeah. There's pr plenty of room to level yeah. up and move around. In yeah, probably not going to be a professional basketball player. You know, some things are probably, <laughs> you know, more bare barriers to entry, but you know. hang from a bar yeah. for, for a really long time, you'll, yeah. you'll get taller. Decent, ba decent basketball player if you give yourself, <laughs> give myself a time to get back to it. But I think bodybuilding is like definitely what I really enjoy. I think that every, everything about it is just sort of very much in line with where I am in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's a, just a good fit. Yeah. More questions? More questions. Yeah. Um, so again, very specific on training program, but mm -hmm. Is it bad to do a full body workout after working for 12 hours afterwards? And how I'm going to kind of apply it to you is, is um, do you ever have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit? I know as a distance runner, mm -hmm. it's probably not something that you personally experience, yeah. but what are you going to tell yeah. people who maybe don't have the same mentality yeah. that you do? Um, I would say like one of the things I remind myself is it is categorically which means all the time better to go to the gym than not go to the gym. I, like, so maybe may, that like, you know, not if you're sick or like, you know, right. stuff like that. But if you're just kind of like, I don't know, should I go to the gym? I'm not really feeling it. Yes. Yes. You should mm -hmm. go to the gym. Um, 
Now, if you've been working for 12 hours and you're exhausted and you're feeling beat up, maybe this is not the time to do your biggest, most intense full body workout. But I would definitely think that after 12 hours of working and being a little tired, you probably want to go, you know, shake it out a little bit, go get some blood flow. And Mm -hmm. if you are feeling sore, sometimes getting to the gym helps recovery. I mean, you're pushing blood around, you're pushing nutrients around, you're putting yourself in just a better mindset of when you're, you know, your head hits the pillow. It's instead of like, I worked for 12 hours, I couldn't even go to the gym. It's like, I worked for 12 hours and I still got my workout done. Now I can rest and feel good for tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's me. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely think that you have to pay attention, you know, for example, in coming here, you know, I'm, I'm dieting and I'm, I'm, you know, we had travel and a lot going on in, in my real life. And so maybe when I get to bodybuilding.com HQ, I'm just going to go hit those machines and have some fun and say my, my normal training plan is a little bit on hold right now. We're just going to go and have fun in an awesome gym and get some, get some exercise and work out because I love working out. Not like I have to do this most intense workout because that's what is required. I mean, there may be people in that situation and that's fine. But if you, if you are in a position where you, you can say, Hey, I mean, I had a big day at work today. I'm just going to go to the gym and get, get a little something done just to stay in rhythm. I'm not against that at all. No, I, th- I, th- I think that's a really important point to make too. And that's part of the the bodybuilder mindset that that's actually a, a good thing for the rest of the world. You know, um, when you look at CrossFit, you look at powerlifting, both of which are just exploding in popularity mm-hmm. right now. They're they're heavy workouts, and yeah. you go in and you follow the plan. You do what you're told, mm-hmm. regardless of how you feel potentially. Yeah. Whereas a bodybuilder goes in the gym, he has the full gym at his disposal, and he has the option, or she has the option of, I'm going to move a little blood around. I'm yeah. going to get a pump. I'm going to go home. Yep. Like that's that's uh that's something that took me a long time to wrap my brain around. Uh-huh. Like when I started working here, I was like, oh yeah, I want to get strong, I want to do this. But man, there's that other workout. It's just as important sometimes. Yep. And, and I I think balance is like a huge thing to, to mention in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, making sure that you know you set things as a priority for sure, but you also understand that it's it's part of a greater whole. So mm-hmm. you know. Well, and the one thing I did always like about bodybuilding is if you have a split day, you don't necessarily have to. St- stay with the same set of exercises every single time. So it can be an arm day, but you can do whatever you want for arms. And that to me was much more appealing than the CrossFit wad where it's like, you are only doing this. This is what everyone's doing and you can't choose anything else. And it's like, no, I'd I'd rather choose my own thing today. Choose my own adventure. And and one last thing to mention just along this vein is that like, I think I talked about it before, but you know, if, if you're not really feeling it, just get yourself to the gym. And a lot of times once you start getting warmed up, you can work into a pretty good workout. But if you, if you find, that, that, that that's generally how I will do it. I will always kind of work up into heavier sets. And and if you work up into something, you're like, woof, that like, you know, 60% feels pretty heavy today. Maybe you just, maybe you just, that's, that's as high as you go for the day and hit some good reps and hit some good sets with that weight. But yeah, I mean, if you have like a, a workout that's planned, go ahead and see, see how close you can get to that workout. And then you might find yourself, you know, once you start getting warmed up, once you get to that 60%, you're like, okay, now we're warmed up that 12 hour day. I'm good. I'm I'm here now. Let's get it. Yeah, so. one of our writers is a great strength coach named Paul Carter, and he has he has this idea of like an estimated daily max, where it's mm-hmm. like, you, you, it may say ninety percent on there, but when you touch seventy percent, you know seventy's ninety. That's what you work from. Yeah, and that's there's fine. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the, the weight the weights are a, a tool for you to you know build your body. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I think that what's what's most important, this is another one of those things people talk about with like, you know, give me my food, give me my macros I should do, give me my training I should do. And I think that there's like, those are all sort of expressions of different things. But I think one of the, the biggest in, ingredients is effort. Mm-hmm. You just apply your effort. So if, if the 70% is 90% today, fine. Just, mm-hmm. uh, just work as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's 90% of your max, 70% of your max, give it 100%. So now is, is it true that you start every day in the gym with just getting a, a yeah. nice biceps pump? Yeah, that, that's like th- we, we recorded a, a workout today and I'm like, <laughs> guys, this, this is just how I do it. I walk in the gym, <laughs> straight to the dumbbells and pick up some like 20s, like really uh-huh. lightweight and just do some curls. Warm up them elbows. Yep, every time you see me on stream, I'm like, all right, guys, good morning. Just getting some blood flowing. I'm going to get some curls going, do some uh, the shoulder press, the lateral raises. Mm-hmm. You know, leg days start like that. And then while we're on the arms topic, I've been told for about 20 minutes now to say, hit him with the flex. That, that is, if somebody <laughs> subscribes to the stream, we hit him with the flex. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll get a few flexes in the chat. Why not? Um, and then one more question that I've been sitting on for a while is where did the name Bajira come from? Yeah. Okay. So um, I, when I was growing up, he's, he's still around. He's still kicking. I had a cat named Bagheera that I named after the the, the panther in the jungle book just because it was a cool name. And right. so he, he was my buddy and we, we, you know, do, I'd have him running stairs and stuff with a little cat toy, have him run up and down stairs, train him like Rocky, you know, he was my buddy. And so when I was thinking about naming my wow character, I was like, 
Well, we could name him Bagheera. That's a cool name. I like Bagheera. It represents a cool guy that I like. But then I realized that when your character perishes in World of Warcraft, in the, in the little in the little text box, it says, you know, your character's name has died. And I didn't. I did not want to see Bagheera has died. So I was like, <laughs> okay, we can't have that. That's unacceptable. So what I said, I was like, hmm, what can we do? And so I took the J from Jackson, my first name, and put it in for the G, and it was. Bajira. That's that is a complicated like, origin story right there. I was man. like, ooh, that sounds that sounds like a legendary warrior name right there, and it, and it stuck and it served me well. So deep, deep right. in the warrior's past is the story. He did not want to see his kitty's name. Oh, did, I love that. Did no, not. That would, that would that would hurt to, yeah, so, to see Bagheera die. Ha, have my have my battle cat. Actually, while you were telling well. that story, I was panicked because I'm like, oh my god, I said Bagheera wrong. No, but it's it is it is Bagheera. Okay, yeah, you got okay. it. And yeah. then one more time, we need to hit him with the flex so we can get an actual picture of him. Okay, we got gotta get all these guys ready. <laughs> hit him with the flex. There we go. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming and talking. Yeah, thanks for letting me ramble on for a while with yeah. you guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd ask where people can find you, but it seems like they know where they can find you. I think they you found you. Primarily. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit them with it. You guys are currently watching twitch.tv slash Bajira, but I'm also Bajira Wow on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And that'll pretty much cover it, of course. And, and you guys watching, if you're not watching, and if, with a, or from bodybuilding.com or some organization. This will probably be on YouTube at some point. Right. If you guys are not currently watching on bodybuilding.com make sure you check them out as well because they were kind enough to invite me out and let me kick some butt in their gym and hang out with them so it's been a lot yeah. of fun and they You'll got a lot a of good information of, a couple of good workouts coming out of this visit right? yeah we're gonna finish up our day and i'll be back in the gym <laughs> all right jackson thanks for coming and talking with us thanks so much yes, thank you let's say you just bought a house bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer, that's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.